Well, hey, as you have a seat this morning, let me again just say welcome. I am glad that you're here with us. Uh, Our mission as a church is to help people do life different by setting rhythms and values with Jesus at the center. And it's our hope, it's our, our real intention that we can lead with love as a church, as a leadership group, and extend extra grace to all. Because I say this so often, we could all use a little extra grace at times. And so maybe today you're sitting there feeling like I could use some extra grace Uh, you're not alone, most likely. I'm glad that you're here. This is a safe place for you to explore faith, the relationship with Jesus, and what that might mean for you in your life. And maybe you're coming back for the first time in a while. Maybe this is your first time here at 1128, and you're just looking for a place to experience Jesus. And I really think that this morning, you're in the right place. I'd say that most Sundays, but today I really do believe that because I feel like God's given me this message and it's been kind of percolating and working within me for the last six or seven months and and just putting it on a paper and getting this outline prepared all week. I was I was really excited to be able to share with you what God's been teaching me. Um, now, I've got to be honest, uh, this message, it probably really started a few years ago when my brother decided he wanted to order a sausage and pineapple pizza. Um, my dad and I, we, we decided like it was Christmas and we were going to order pizza, you know, day after Christmas kind of thing because, well, we'd basically been eating the same food for a couple days at this point. And it, it was time to switch it up and to get off the leftovers. And so my dad said, you know, there's this new restaurant in town, Pizza Ranch. Anybody ever been to a pizza ranch? It's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. I will agree with the, ooh, yeah. Um, but it's also pretty expensive. Um, I don't know how that's related, but I just felt like I needed to say it. So anyways, we started, you know, figuring out like what, what pizzas do we need to get? Everybody agreed. We need the dessert pizza. Like you can't go to pizza ranch or order from pizza ranch and not get the dessert pizza. Uh, and my mom, you know, she's like, well, we should just probably get cheese, sausage, and the pepperoni, like the standard trio of pizza, like the holy trinity of pizza, if you will. And then my brother, he says out of nowhere, like, um, yeah, but like sausage and pineapple. And, you know, like, Like, is that guy related to us? Kind of like everybody's like, what fruit on pizza? Like, okay, like we can go sausage, green pepper and onion. But like, that's, that's like, that's like called a Supreme or something, right? Like this is a different level of pizza that we've never experienced. And so it was interesting to sit there and to watch my brother put his, his love of pineapple sausage pizza out there. And my dad just to like not be sure how to process this. It was like he'd lost a son in the moment, very honestly. And and so they had this conversation, and my dad kind of gave him a hard time about it. And finally, the conversation ended where my dad was like, hey man, like, you do you. Like, you do you. Right? Like, if you really want that pineapple sausage pizza, like, you go ahead. Like, I'm judging you probably, but like, you, whatever, man. Like, I, And that's when this idea, you do you, really kind of stuck with me for the first time. And I've, I've seen that idea that you do you, and I never really get anything trendy from my dad, but this idea of you do you, it's kind of become a trend over the last several years of like, no, no, like you do you, like, and sometimes it's a positive thing. 
And other times it's a negative thing. Sometimes it's like this, oh, yeah, you do you. You know, like, okay. And other times it's like, oh, yeah, girl, you do you. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's this weird world that we live in where, like, we want to celebrate individuality Like you do you, but at the same time, we expect people to like look and act and feel like we do. And then we're like, oh, well, you do you, but like that is wrong, right? Like we live in this world where it's so confusing and you do you is its own mentality. And we don't know if it's a positive or a negative and it can be either or. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You do you. But no matter how you do you is used, uh, the the Oxford Dictionary says that it's indicating that someone should do what they think is best. What they think is best, what they enjoy most, or what suits their personality. Uh, they're going to do what they think is best. Like, okay, you do you. If you think that's best, you go ahead you do that. But like, I'm telling you, like, that's probably not best, right? Like we've heard that before. You've heard that before. You go ahead, you do that. If you enjoy that most, like you do you. Or like, yeah, that sweater, that wouldn't look good on me. But hey, you do you. It's, it's this weird place that we're in. And I know you've heard it. You might have even said it. You might have meant it encouraging or you might have meant it in this passive-aggressive, judgmental way. And while we are all created uniquely, we're all created as individuals and we are special. The Creator saw us, knows us, and created us and made us all special. Jesus says this. He says, stop focusing on doing you. Stop it. Like, like, don't put your priorities first. Stop focusing on you do you. And instead, he says, do like me. Instead, Jesus says, do like me. And this morning, I think what, what, there's, what Jesus wants us to, to take away, this, this message that I've been hearing, that I hope maybe you hear is that a meaningful life, it's not found in that you do you. A meaningful life is the result of do like me. A meaningful life, it's, it's not going to be found because you're always going to be chasing after something that you're probably not really going to achieve when you chase after the you do you. You're just looking for some kind of pleasure, affirmation, or easy way you're not going to find a meaningful life in the you-do-you mindset, but you will find it because it's the result of the do-like-me. And now Jesus, he had some hard things to say about this do-like-me lifestyle. If we open up to Luke chapter 14, if you got a Bible, that's great. If you don't, we got it up here on the screen. In Luke chapter 14, uh, in my Bible, it says, the cost of being a disciple the cost of being a disciple. Uh, And Jesus, he really lays it out here like what that looks like. 
where our priorities should be. And to be honest, there's, there's a whole bunch of people following him, a large group. He was kind of trendy at the time. Like people wanted to go and hear Jesus teach and speak. They wanted to know what he had to say because, because he was saying some things that were so radical and so different. And, and so he had this large group following him. And then, you know, as he's being followed, he, he turns around in, in Luke chapter 14. And we pick it up in 26, where it says here that if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Now that sounds pretty extreme, doesn't it? Like, you must hate everyone else. Now, it's not literally hate, right? Because he goes on to say, like, your father and your mother. Like, Jesus would never ask you to literally hate your father or your mother. He wouldn't ask you to hate your wife and your children, your brothers and your sisters. Yes, even your own life. Like, Jesus is not asking you to be a hate-filled person. What Jesus is speaking to right off the bat is like, if you want to be my disciple, I must be second to none. If you want to be my disciple, I must be your priority. If you want to be my disciple, you can't put your priorities first, your own life You can't put the priorities of your family first, your spouse, your mother, your father. Like, it's not that those are bad priorities, but like, you have to put the priorities of God first in your life if you want to be my disciple. Otherwise, otherwise, you cannot be my disciple, he says. And in verse 27, he says, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And we we know where this is going, right? Like Jesus is talking about this cross. Like he knew what was coming up in life for him. He knew the cross was something that he was going to be burdened with. It led to death. And if you're unwilling to die to yourself to carry that cross to death. You cannot be my disciple, Jesus says. You can't be my disciple. But, verse 28, don't begin until you count the cost. Don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? And it's this idea of like, okay, you don't start a project without first saying, do I have what it takes to make that project happen? Do I have all the necessary resources? Or, like in verse 29, otherwise you might complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone would laugh at you. Like we look like fools when we say like, I'm all in and we can't actually be all in. And Jesus here is saying like, if you're going to be my disciple, have you really considered what that means? Have you really considered what it means to be a disciple following after me, living for me, doing life with me? Have you really considered it or do you just want to be in this large crowd of people 
because it's the trendy thing or it feels like it's the right thing? Have you considered, have you counted the cost of following me? Because it's hard, it's not easy, it's difficult at times. And if you really want to be my disciple, if you're, if you're saying, I'm going to lay it all down, I, I'm going to put God's priorities first in my life and lay down my own, lay aside my own, have I really thought about what that actually means and looks like? Have you thought about what that means and looks like in your life? After they laugh at you because you run out of money and you've only filled in this foundation, they would say in verse 30, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. And that's just no good. We don't like that feeling, or at least I don't like that feeling. And Jesus says, okay, okay, maybe you're not a construction guy. Maybe you're more of like an army guy. Like, a, like we're going to go into battle and we're going to do this. We're going to fight it out. We're going to duke it out. He says here, okay, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. Same idea, right? Like different way of putting it. Like uh, you don't go into battle without counting the cost. Like if I go into battle with 10,000 people, like can I actually defeat this army of 20,000 people? Like have I really considered what that looks like? And if he can't, if he can't defeat the army with 20,000 soldiers, he'll send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything that you own. And again, he's not saying like literally like give up all that you own, but, but hold it loosely. Hold it in this space where, where you realize like this doesn't belong to me. It's not mine to choose how to use it, but it's God's to choose how to use it. And if I'm going to be a disciple, if I'm going to follow Jesus with my life, if I'm going to trust Jesus with all that I have, I have to be willing to let it go sometimes to let go of my priorities, my plans, the dreams I have for my kids, the hopes I have for my parents. I have to be willing to let go of those things. Let go of everything that I own if I'm going to be a disciple. Have you considered that cost and what that would actually look like? Because this dedication to Jesus, this disciple that we all want to be, uh, it's, it's really a reversal of the world's values, if you think about it, right? Like the world tells us, like, uh, you have to achieve this, this position, this place, this authority, this power, this status, right? Like the world tells you, like, keep striving, keep doing more, keep being more. And Jesus is saying, keep surrendering to self. Like, don't worry about those things. Things. It's a reversal of the values. Don't worry about those things. Instead, worry about being obedient to Christ. Be 
Because when you're obedient to Christ, you're going to have a confident hope. A confident hope that Jesus went to the cross, did what he said he was going to do. He rose again so that you could have life with the Father. And that life with the Father requires you to die to yourself daily. Following Jesus is not living each and every day with the value system that those around us, the world around us has. It's saying, you know what, I'm going to have some different kind of values. I'm going to have one value, and that's making sure that I'm in line with Jesus. Now, Jesus, he kind of wraps up this section here. He sums it all up by giving us two verses that seem like super strange and like out there. He says here in verse 34, salt, right? We're talking about soldiers. We're talking about counting the cost. We're talking about what it costs to be the disciple. He says, salt is good for seasoning. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. And it's thrown away and anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And I'm reading this thinking like, what the heck does salt have to do with being a disciple? And I know you're sitting there thinking the same thing. Basically, it means a disciple is the salt of the earth. Uh, As a disciple, we pass along the flavor that Christ gives us. We pass along uh, this mission of helping people do life different. We live out this, this lifestyle that doesn't align with the values that the rest of the world might have. It's not how you taste. It's, it's not about your uniqueness or your individuality. Like those things are special, but that's not what it's about. It's about passing along this devotion to God, this gift that God has given you this grace. And and here's the thing. Don't plan, if you're thinking about salt, like don't plan on catching the flavor of salt after you start the journey. Like it doesn't work that way. Like you can't just say like, I want to be salty now in the middle of the journey. You're not actually on a journey if you're not salty. Think about that. Like you're not on a journey with Jesus if you're not salty. You're not on a journey with Jesus if you don't have Jesus as your number one priority in life. And some of us today, we believe we're on a journey with Jesus, but Jesus isn't our number one priority. We don't run life through Jesus. We run our life and invite Jesus to come into it. But that's not how we're supposed to do it because Being a disciple of Jesus, doing life with Jesus requires us to set aside our priorities, to die to ourself, and to run life through him. So many of us are are searching for that meaningful life, that purpose-filled life, that difference-making life, and we think, I'm a good person, I'm nice enough, I share what I have enough, I don't curse all that often. I, I, on paper, I'm a good person. 
and I'm happy for you. But that's not the journey that Jesus invites you into. Jesus invites you into a different kind of journey, a journey where you're transformed from the inside because you've said my priorities are changing, my life is being shifted, and I want Jesus to be number one. And you're realizing it doesn't matter how much I do that's good. It doesn't matter how much is on my resume when I get to heaven. It matters whether or not Jesus was the priority in my life. Is your life meaningful today? Is your life purpose-filled today? Is it those things because you've done you? Or is it those things because you've do like me? You've done like Jesus. Some of us today, we need to say, you know what? I'm done doing me. I'm done doing me. I'm ready to do like you. And I promise you, you're going to find a real meaningful life, a real purpose-filled life, a real difference-making life. Because you're going to be doing life with Jesus, not on your own, not trying to, to live out the world's values. Some of us here today, we say, I, you know what? There was a time when I did life like, like that. I did life with Jesus, but I've gotten away from it. The last few years have been hard. I've forgotten what that looks like, what that feels like. My relationships have, have suffered. My finances have suffered. My kids have suffered. My home has suffered. My work has suffered because, because I've stepped out of that doing like Jesus and I've been doing it more like me. If that's you this morning, I invite you to, to take the next couple minutes and just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for trying to do life how I want to do it on my terms but I want to do life with you again. I want to do like me. Me being Jesus. I want to do it with you, Jesus. And for those of you that you've never said that before, those of you that have never said, Jesus, I want you to be my priority. I want to do life different. Now's your chance to do that. I'd love to pray for, for those of us in the room on, on either side. And then we're going to wrap up with a song. God, some of us here this morning, we have never fully leaned into you. When push comes to shove, we, we trust ourselves and we don't trust you. We think that we can save ourselves. God, we're sorry for thinking that way. We're sorry for, for putting our own selves first. But God, we want to do life different. God, we want to receive forgiveness for our pridefulness, maybe our lack of patience. We want to, to have a full relationship with you. We want to be a disciple. 
God, change our lives now. And God, there's others of us that, that we've had this life with you in the past. We've run our decisions through you, but we've fallen away. We've skipped that step in the process. We've put our own selves first again. And we're not live, living the full life that you've invited us into. God, if that's us, would you bring us back? Would you call us by name and allow us to experience a meaningful life, a purpose-filled life, the real difference-making life that you have for us? Because we know that a meaningful life is not found in you do you. It's the result of do like me. Help us to do like you, Father. We pray this in your name. Amen.